Today we remember and celebrate all the saints, those who because of their heroic deeds or the holiness of their lives have been examples to us, as well as all of those loved by us and loved by God who have passed through the thin veil of life to the eternal places. Now we easily romanticize the saints and we imagine them to have lived on a plane somehow above or different than we in our frail humanity and mortality live. But as a favorite hymn for this day reminds us, they lived not only in ages past, there are hundreds of thousands still, the world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus' will. You can meet them in school or in lanes or at sea, in church or in trains or in shops or at tea. For the saints of God are just folk like me, and I mean to be one too. Yes, it's about those that we remember from ages past, but when we speak of the communion of saints, we speak of a fellowship that is not bound by time or place. We are yoked together in one great company, sharing as fellow members of the body of Christ. And All Saints Day is a time to remember and to celebrate this truth and the love that binds us together in that one great fellowship. In words by, written by Elizabeth Johnson in her book titled Friends of God and Prophets, this is the day when the Church recalls the great tribe out of every nation and people, proclaims the following of Jesus according to the Beatitudes, and allows the subversive memory of the friends of God and prophets of all ages and the hope of our communion with them to take center stage. This is a feast of the greatest solidarity, a fundamentally joyous day that takes note of historical suffering within the overarching theme that the last word belongs to divine love. The last word belongs to divine love. Now this is a tribe that is not defined by race or language or culture, not by wealth or class, not by gender or genetics, but by our shared commitment to love of God and love of our neighbor as the key to abundant life. This is the tribe into which we initiate our brother Christopher Hensley this morning through baptism. And it is a baptism that does not separate us from each other as we think of when we think of tribes, but joins us together in a common bond of love and fellowship and service following in the way of Jesus. And it is the spirit of that divine love that we hear expressed in the words of Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount from the Gospel of Matthew today. We have in these few verses that we've just heard so beautifully sung a graduate degree in the school of life, far more than we can possibly unpack here in a 10 or 15 minute sermon, but words that challenge us all to go deeper, to ask the hard questions of ourselves and of life, words that will ultimately help to restore us more completely to the image of God, which is our birthright. These are words that have inspired the saints throughout time to live more fully into the divine love. They contain blessings upon the poor, the sad, and the mourning. 
the downtrodden, the meek, and those who are persecuted. They instruct us in a way of life that does not depend upon violence, but upon actions that restore the right balance and relationships among all people. Our first reading today was taken from the book of Revelation, and it gives us a glimpse into the heavenly realms from a mystical vision that John had about the consummation of all things. And there he tells us that he saw a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out with a loud voice, he says, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, it's very hard for me to read this passage without remembering an event that took place, I think about 20 years ago, at a funeral in one of my former parishes. Picture Larry. Larry was a man in his early to mid-40s, but he looked more like 60. He's disheveled, overweight, he has twitches, and he sometimes utters grunts and groans. I'm sure that when people see Larry walking down the streets of the city where he lives, they sometimes move to the other side of the street out of fear. Larry is kind of scary. The schizophrenia that he was diagnosed with when he was a teenager sometimes causes him to hear voices and to respond out loud to them inadvertently, often when he's in crowds of people. Now, Larry was raised in an upper-middle-class home in a community where I served at the time. His brothers and sisters are all accomplished professional people, nice families, the whole thing. His dad was a retired executive from General Electric, but Larry was different. I had never met Larry until after his father died. His folks had occasionally talked to me about him, mostly to share the challenges that they had when they had to go in and clean out the apartment they kept for him, doing their best as they got older to keep Larry organized and safe. But his dad died one winter while he and his wife were in Florida, and the family, all but Larry, had gathered for his funeral at their church in Florida. And then a couple of months later, they had a memorial service when they returned back home to Massachusetts and buried his ashes there. Now, I met Larry for the very first time as he walked into the church for that service. I'd never seen Larry before. Now, his mother had decided that it would be good to have Larry read one of the lessons since he hadn't been at that first service in Florida. And she had warned me that we should be prepared for anything and that Larry might not be able or not, might not be in any shape to carry through with it when the time came. He was very broken up over his father's death. But we would be flexible and have another plan if he wasn't able to do the reading. When it was time for Larry to read from the seventh chapter of the book of Revelation, he came forward to read. He had a coat and tie on, but was still quite disheveled. All eyes in this very full church were upon him. He stood there for a minute, grasped the sides of the lectern. He huffed and puffed for a minute as he tried to compose himself. 
And finally he began to read. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. I can't even begin to mimic the sound of Larry's voice, but every eye was riveted on him, and every ear was tuned to hear him in a way that I have seldom witnessed when the scriptures are being read in church. He spoke with the force and eloquence of one who had written it himself. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. We had never heard this passage read this way. It literally leapt off the page. It was as if his voice penetrated to another level of our consciousness. We heard it with new ears, suspending any hint of disbelief. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are those who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. By this time there was hardly a dry eye in the church. We knew when Larry spoke of those who had come out of the great ordeal, he spoke of himself, his own ordeal, his own tortured life. He went on. For this reason they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of the water of life. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We all had a vision at that moment of all of Larry's tears being wiped away, all the pain of his difficult life, and all of our own tears too, although the ones that were running down our cheeks at the moment just felt too good. They were healing tears, tears of literally revelation and insight and awakening. After the service, we processed to the cemetery in the woods beside the church, and I joined up with Larry and his mother along the way, and I said to him as we walked, Larry, thank you for reading today. I've never heard that passage read so beautifully and with such incredible depth of meaning and feeling. He said back to me, you just can't read it like any other book. It's the Word of God, and you have to read it like you mean it. I saw just a little bit more clearly that day what Jesus meant when he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. The saints are those who have come through the great ordeal, which is, well, life. We're not all Larrys, but we all have issues to deal with in life. Life can be really, really hard. There's a famous quote that the origins of which are lost in obscurity, but it says, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. But we make it through with the prayers of the saints, both the living and the departed, rooting for us, encouraging us, sustaining us in our joys and upholding us in our sorrows. Christopher, where are you? There he is. Christopher, you're joining that communion of saints today. Here we are, all sorts and conditions of humankind, none of us perfect, but all of us striving to live more deeply into the mystery of Christ's love. My friend Larry saw through that thin veil between heaven and earth that day to those who are cheering us all on here. And today we are all invited to look through that thin veil and see the same thing. Amen.